High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. Praise the Lord. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I want you to know that God is still moving mightily by His Spirit and by His power. Uh, we just had a testimony of somebody, I'm going to actually have them share that testimony, but of a miracle. When I say a miracle, I'm talking about a creative miracle uh, that actually happened in the life of Dr. Mapp. I'm going to actually have him, uh, for you that don't know who Dr. Mapp is, Dr. Mapp has a practice right around the corner here on Tyndall Parkway, but his wife, Linda, is usually our uh, secondary keyboard player back here who plays the organ. And uh, But anyway, God did a miracle. Now, this is a medical doctor who is actually confirming the miracle that God did within his own body. It's absolutely, uh, it is unbelievable what God did. But I, I, I want to I wanna tell it so bad, but, uh, but I'm be here Sunday. I'm going to drag him here one way or another. Is he going to be here Sunday or... Uh, he should be, praise the Lord, tell him that he is drafted, praise the Lord, and he usually is here on Sunday, but you need to hear this, and, and let, let me tell you, uh, we've all experienced miracles at times. How many of you have ever, ever experienced a miracle in your body where God's healed you, delivered you, whatever, something happened that was tangible? And how many of you have ever had a medical miracle where you had one x-ray or, you know, some type of exam that said one thing, and then when it came back, it was something totally different? How many of you ever had something like that? You know, we've, some of you have had some things like this. Well, again, now it carries weight because you can see it, you know, just on the exam. But when you have a medical doctor who's trained in medicine and then is, uh, is bearing witness with the miracle that God did in his own body. I mean, that carries a whole lot of weight. And so, how I many of we serve a miracle-working God? I said, we serve a miracle-working God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that cleansed the leper is still healing today. The same Jesus who made the lame walk is still healing today. The same Jesus who calls the blind to see is still healing today. And if he healed then, he's still healing right now. Amen? Because he has not changed. His power has not grown weak. And he will move mightily within the lives of those who would just believe uh, his word and receive the fullness of that which he has for us. Now, since Sunday evening, we are going to be doing some prophetic team training. I wanted to take this Wednesday night and uh, share some things on the prophetic. Uh, now, most of you who have been here for any length of time realize that we embrace the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the reason that we embrace the gifts of the Spirit is very simply because they are in the Bible. And understand that everything that we see in the Bible is necessary equipment for us as believers. Not only is salvation necessary for you, but also the infilling of the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking in other tongues. How many of you believe that today? Uh, 
As a matter of fact, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking in other tongues, then you don't need to go out those doors tonight without receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit and receiving your prayer language. If you are saved, you are a candidate, and it is a free gift that has been made available to you. Whenever Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, he ascended to heaven, he said, you know, told the disciples, he said, uh, you tarry here in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. Until you be endued with power from on high. And the Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the place where they were sitting. And it says, and suddenly they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Understand that that experience is not weird. It is not strange. It is normal for believers. Everybody say, that's normality. Look at somebody say, that is your norm as a believer. Somebody asked me one time, you mean to tell me you speak in tongues? And my response was, you mean to tell me you don't? Because all believers should speak in tongues, every single one of us, amen? It's not just for a select bunch of people who call themselves Pentecostals or charismatic or prophetic or apostolic, whatever label you want to put on yourself, but it is something for every believer. It's very interesting. Now, again, this, what I'm about to say is not meant to any way knock any denomination whatsoever, but there was a survey that was actually done in the Assemblies of God, which is the largest spirit-filled denomination. And uh, in the Assemblies of God, they did a survey, and only 25%, only 25% of those who were members of Assembly of God church, churches were actually filled with the Holy Spirit. Many of them had never even heard they were, like, they were like the believers at Ephesus. We haven't even heard that there be a Holy Ghost. And you know what? And unfortunately, there's a lot of churches that may have spirit-filled over their door, but there's not spirit-filled services that are going on. And hear this. God has designed the supernatural to be the norm whenever we gather together. That's God's plan for all of us whenever we come together. He wants his supernatural power to be in manifestation. And along with that, obviously, is the gifts of the Spirit. So let's read here in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Everybody say desire. But especially that you may prophesy. Now, again, notice that it says desire spiritual gifts. Now, how many of you know that God is not going to command you to desire spiritual gifts and then not release them to you? He's telling you to desire these things because he wants them active within your life. He wants to release them within your life. He wants them actually moving and flowing whenever we come together. And so what Paul says, pursue love. Yes, go after the love of God. You need to have the love of God operating within your life, but it does not stop there. Love is not the end all. So he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Either underline that or write that down. The purpose 
for prophecy, the primary purpose, the primary biblical purpose for prophecy within the church is to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. Let me also just say this. If what we are declaring prophetically is not edifying, exhorting, or comfort, comforting people, then we have every reason to examine it uh, as to whether or not it is accurate and whether it is actually coming from the Lord. If your prophetic ministry is causing confusion, then we have every responsibility to look at it and question whether or not it actually is accurate. Because understand this, God is not the author of confusion. Amen? He's not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. He's the author of understanding. He's the author of revelation. He's the author of knowledge. So we have to understand that God has designed and he's placed the prophetic ministry within the church in order to bring understanding to us of his, his purpose for our lives and what he desires for us to do. So we, we see that Jesus has actually set prophets in the church over there in Ephesians 4, says, for God has set in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's what we call the five-fold ministry, five different ministry gifts. And, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of churches that are just operating with three. They receive the pastor, they receive the teacher, and they receive the evangelist, but they don't acknowledge the prophet or the apostle. And how many know that prophets and apostles are still in the church today? Because it says over there, as you read on, it says, uh, it says God's put the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher in the church for the edifying of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. And it goes on to say, until we come to a complete, mature man. How many know that the church, the body of Christ, is not fully complete? We're not fully mature yet. How many know there's still some growing that's going on and still a lot of growing that has to take place within the body of Christ? And so until that time of completion until that time of full maturity, prophets and apostles are functioning within the church just like pastors and teachers and evangelists. And understand, it, it seems like there's almost been the church, at least there was for a long time, when, you know, sometimes the pendulum seems to swing, but for a long time, nobody was ever referred to as a prophet, nobody was ever referred to as an apostle. You couldn't refer to somebody uh, with those titles. And of course, the pendulum started swinging and sometimes some places went a little too far and now everybody who prophesies is a prophet. Now, how many know the truth is found somewhere here in the middle? Uh, first of all, that just because you prophesy does not make you a prophet. But understand this, prophets typically will prophesy, okay? But prophesying by itself does not make you a prophet. But prophets are in the church today. The prophet's ministry is a valid ministry within the body of Christ. Likewise, the apostles' ministry is uh, the same. Now, we do not put prophets and apostles and the functioning of their gifts on an equal level, please understand how I say this, an equal level of authority as prophets and apostles who we have their, the books are actually canonized in our Bible. Does everybody understand that? Prophet Paul, what he prophesies is not equivalent to what the prophet Ezekiel prophesied in the Bible. Does that make sense to you? 
See, that's been canonized. That's the word of God. We understand that that is something that cannot be changed. And so we, we do have to understand there is a difference between a New Testament prophet versus an Old Testament prophet, which I'm not going to teach on tonight. So prophets are those who speak the mind and the heart of God. They declare the rhema of God, the now word. The gift of prophecy we see is one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. It is the only specific gift that we are commanded to covet and to desire earnestly. Now again, understand that that is a command to every person that's a member of the body of Christ. If you're saved, you're commanded to covet and desire earnestly the gift of prophecy to function within your life. Why would God tell you through the Apostle Paul that you need to covet the gift of prophecy? One reason and one reason alone. He wants it functioning within your life. How many of you believe that God has something good to say to you that will bless or edify another member of the body of Christ? Do you believe that today? How many believe God can actually speak through you something that will bless, edify, or comfort another member of the body? Do you believe that? God, God let me ask you this. How many of you believe God has it? Just look at somebody beside you. And look, I want you, I'm going to ask you a question about them. Do you believe that God has at least one good thing to say about your fellow member of the body of Christ? Wow, some of you are not too confident about that. How many of you believe that God has at least one good thing to say about you? <laughs> See? And understand this. The Lord wants to bring edification and exhortation and comfort to you. And one of the ways that that happens is through the gift of prophecy functioning through another member of the body of Christ as they begin to speak over your life. Amen. So this is not strange. It's not weird. And again, it is the norm for there to be prophecy functioning and operating within the church. I don't know how many of you have ever been in a situation where you really needed to hear from God and there was a prophetic word that came over your life and it breathed life into you. You felt like you were dry bones, but the moment that the word came over you, it's like your bones came together. You began to sense God doing something and there was a resurrection that happened within your life. Understand, that's the result of the prophetic ministry. I remember the first time that we ever went, and this is back in 1987, and uh, we were invited to a school of the Holy Spirit. Now, we, we knew a little bit about prophecy. We knew a little bit about the prophetic ministry, but we didn't see it in operation very much. We believed in it, but we didn't see it in operation. We believed in it, and we acknowledged that it was a gift. We acknowledged that it was, you know, something that God desired to do, but we also believed it was only supposed to happen just, you know, once every blue moon, and only certain people could ever do anything like that. And so, uh, but we went to this meeting, a, a school of the Holy Spirit out at Christian International in October of 1987. There was a lady by the name of Jan Painter. Now you have to, uh, ministering there that night, and you have to understand at that moment in time, I'll be honest with you, we had went through some things. Pastor Stacy and I had went some, through some things and it, it really, we just wanted to throw in the towel and I'm not gonna give you all the full details. I will tell you this, it had nothing to do with our marriage. Our marriage was great. We loved one another. Everything was fine there, but it just had to do with God's will and God's purpose for our life. It had to do with some things that had happened to us in ministry and some things that had been said by somebody who was over us and, 
and, uh, and, and basically some things that he had said falsely about us. And I want you to know, I don't hold any grudge against him whatsoever because listen, whatever the enemy meant for my evil, God turned around and worked it for my good. Praise God. But you know, these things had been said. Later on, he did. He came back to me. Later on, he apologized. He admitted that what he had said was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. But you know, at the time, man, it hurt. At the time, I was crushed. At the time, I wanted to throw in the towel. At the time, I just said, you know, forget this. If this is what ministry is about, I'm not sure. Lord, are you sure you called me? You know, and this is like 1987. At that time, we had been in ministry as far as since we'd been married a little bit over six years. Just wanted to quit. And uh, this lady named Jan Painter, as a matter of fact, we were considering going back into denominational setting. We were considering going back into kind of a, 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 where there was a little more structure in the church, a little more accountability. That was very inviting at that moment in time. And uh, anyway, we went there. I led worship. They asked me to lead worship there, led worship. And then she, after she preached, she began to prophesy to everybody. She prophesied to every single person in the house that night. Now, don't anybody get any idea, because I'm not going to do that tonight. But anyway, and I can remember, I, I specifically remember, I remember where Pastor Stacy and I were sitting, and I remember her starting over on this side of the building, and she started on the front row, and she went all the way across the row. And I'm so glad that I was sitting on the front row that night. And I, we were sitting somewhere about right over here, as far as in that, in that building, we're on, on this side over here. Uh, and... Uh, but she, she began to prophesy to us, and the first thing that came out of her mouth was this, you're one of God's today guys, and you've got to give out of what God is doing today. She had no idea what we were considering, had no idea what we were thinking. How many of you know God knows exactly where you live? He knows your address, and he knows how to get your attention real quick. And he said, you're one of God's today guys, and you've got to give out of what God is doing today. And, you know, I knew exactly what she was saying right then. And she began to prophesy some other things. She began to prophesy about our family. She began to prophesy about a house on the water. This was what's really amazing. She said, I see like a house on a lake. Well, it just so happens that it took 30 years for that to be fulfilled, but praise God. And we're not actually on a lake, but we're on the bayou, praise the Lord. Amen. And uh, which it looks like a lake. You got to realize that sometimes when people prophesy things, they see things and they begin to describe what they're seeing. And she was seeing a house that was on the water, and uh, she began to uh, say, you know, share all these other things. But I will tell you what we did. Now this is back in the days whenever they had cassette tapes. I don't know if anybody remembers those days or not. Some of you probably remember those. You might remember the cassette tape. Anyway, we, so we got the got our little cassette tape that recorded every prophetic word on those cassette tapes. And uh, again, we had a. Uh, I remember we had a 1987. Uh, at that time, it was a 1886, excuse me, 1986 Monte Carlo. And this was a souped up one. This was the CL version, okay? Had a 305 V8. And uh, not only that, but it had, it didn't have just AM, FM radio. And it had more than an eight track. It had cassette player. You, you were, listen, that was it, okay? That, that, that was as high as you could go back then. Am I telling the truth? You couldn't get anything better than that. If you had a cassette player, 
you were it. Some of you are probably looking at me, what in the world are you talking about? But anyway, but I remember we put that cassette, this is what I'm going to. I remember I put that cassette, uh, you know, it was an hour drive back to where we were living at that time because we were living with mom and daddy. And uh, at, at that moment, and I think they had kept uh, Joshua that night. Joshua was two years old at the time, and he stayed there with them. But we, we went there, and I remember driving back. I put that cassette in there. Do you remember this, baby? And we listened to it for an hour straight. We listened to a word that took about five minutes. We listened to it 12 times. And we listened to it, and we go, did you hear what she said? Did you hear what she said? Did you hear what, was, did you hear what the Lord is saying about us? And I mean, we were, we were like ready. You forget about the car. I could have ran home at that moment in time. I mean, I was ready. Whenever we showed up that night, I was gassed out. When we showed up that night, I was dry. When we showed up that night, there was no air, no wind in me whatsoever. But one word, praise God. One word, one prophetic word, put the wind back in my sail. I was ready to go again. I said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go after you. And guess what? Next Friday night, I was there again. And the next Sunday morning, yes, I was there again. And the next Friday night, I was there again. And the next Sunday, see, there's something about the word of the Lord. Whenever it begins to breathe life into you, something happens on the inside of you. You begin to come alive. That's the reason we need prophetic ministry in the church today. That's the reason we have prophetic teams here on Sunday morning. Because, listen, I can't prophesy to everybody. But there's a lot of people that come in and they need a fresh wind of heaven. Are you following me? They need a touch of God within their life. And I'm telling you, whenever the word of the Lord begins to get spoken over people, it turns things around for them. Amen? We experience a turnaround. Things begin to take place. And that's the reason, once again, that's the reason we need prophetic ministry within the church. The voice of prophecy. And by the way, uh, if you don't have the blue book, I call it the blue book now. It's just called Voices Number One, Okay discerning the voice of the Lord. You need to get that book and you need to read that book because, and particularly I would say, you need to read all of it. It's all good, okay? Every bit of it's good, but, and I'm not saying it just because I wrote it. I'm just telling you it's good, praise the Lord, okay? And, uh, but chapters nine and 10, one is on the voice of prophecy and the other one's on the voice of the prophet. And I give a lot of these testimonies and I know that many of you have heard some of these testimonies, uh, you know, uh, but let me tell you what, Every time I share it, it builds my faith, and I trust it'll do the same in you, with you. Every time I, I get to share it, something happens on the inside of me and just causes a fresh fire for the prophetic to come alive. Listen, we don't ever need to lose our fire for the prophetic ministry to be in operation. And it's very easy for that to happen, particularly whenever you have a lot of it. And that's the reason Paul said, don't despise prophesying. That's what he told the church. Thessalonica, despise not prophesyings. Don't despise prophetic words. And again, I think I shared this Sunday morning. Uh, you know, if you put a couple of Reese's cups right in front of me right now, I wouldn't despise those at all. I happen to like Reese's cups. Does anybody else like Reese's cups? Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, it's the anointing from heaven. Now that I can do without, but anyway, my wife, she, she loves candy corn. But I love Reese's Cups. You put a couple of Reese's Cups in front of me, and I go, yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord, thank you, Jesus. But you know what? If I ate about a dozen of those, I would go, no, Lord, <laughs> I don't want any more. You'd start despising the very thing that you love so much and you like to eat. Actually, you will later begin to despise if you have so much of it. So that's the reason that Paul was saying, don't despise prophesying. Look, church, I know you're, there's a lot of people prophesying. I know you're hearing these prophetic words all the time, but don't despise it. You need to embrace it. You need to realize you need it. Well, I heard that word before. Well, God's saying it again because he knows that you need to hear it again. How many of you know faith comes by hearing? Faith comes by? Faith comes by? Okay. One word at a time. Faith comes by? Okay. One word at a time. And hearing is two words. Faith comes by and hearing. Faith comes by. Faith comes by. Now look at somebody and tell them faith comes by hearing and hearing. Now I know you say, why are you belaboring this? Is because I really want you to grab hold of this that it's always good for us to hear something more than one time. And the more you hear it, the more faith will arise within your heart. The more you hear about healing, the more your faith will be built to be able to receive it. The more you hear that God wants to bless you with, then the more you're going to be able to receive it because your faith comes up to a higher level. The more you hear about the power of the prophetic word, the more you'll be able to receive the power of that word whenever it begins to be released over your life. Amen? The more you hear about the gifts of the Spirit, then the more you're going to have faith to step out there and operate within it yourself. There's a lot of churches, there's no gifts in operation. I'll tell you why. Because they're not, they're not preached. It's not taught. It's not ministered. It's not declared. And because people don't hear it, they don't have faith to operate in it. Well, you hear about it a lot here. You know why? You, you know why? That causes you to begin to flow in it, praise the Lord. Causes it to begin to operate. Now, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But what I am declaring is this. Whenever we hear something, the more we hear it, the more our faith rises to be able to receive it. Amen? So prophecy is needed in the church. It is not optional equipment. We need prophets, and we need the prophetic ministry. Amen? How many of you believe that today? Now, here is something you need to understand, and please write this down. And particularly those of you who are going to minister prophetic, prophetically in any way. Prophecy will reflect Jesus. Prophecy will reflect Jesus. Prophetic ministry is not designed to reflect you. It says in Revelation 19.10, And I fell at his feet to worship him. Let me just say the purpose of the prophetic ministry and you fu functioning and operating in it is not to prove your spirituality. Okay? You, it's, it's not so that people will admire you because of a gift that rests upon your life. And the moment that that becomes the motivation for what you're doing, you will taint. It will be, that gift will be tainted. The prophetic ministry coming out of you will be tainted. And if it continues, ultimately people can begin to give themselves over to a Balaam spirit. And so we have to be very careful of our motivation in prophecy. That's free tonight, by the way. It's not even in my notes. It's just free. 
But we have to be very careful with our motivation in ministering to people. The reason I'm ministering to people has absolutely nothing to do with me. Let me say it another way. Functioning prophetically has nothing to do with you being fulfilled in functioning. Y'all follow what I'm saying? See, there's a lot of people that, that what, the reason that they want to minister is for the fulfillment and then also some type of uh, a pat on the back, so to speak, and this, this, this feeling of accomplishment. And understand, God did not place that ministry in the church so that you could feel better about yourself. It's in the church so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Is this making sense? And I have seen people before that they made prophetic ministry all about themselves and their function rather than edifying the body. And so we always have to realize that the focus of everything is not us. As a matter of fact, even whenever I'm preaching right now, this is not about me. I'm not up here performing for everybody, okay? This is not something that I'm trying to get some kind of accolade from people within this church body. That's not the purpose. You know, I, I am, I, 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 I'm not a performer. I'm not a circus clown. And so my purpose right now has nothing to do as to whether or not you like what I'm preaching, you say anything about what I'm preaching. That's always nice when people do, but the reality is that's not the purpose. I am not preaching for the praise and the applause of man. I'm preaching because I want you to grow, because I want you to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's because I want to see you be everything that God has called you to be. It has nothing to do with me. Let me say it another way. My success is determined by one thing, and that is this. Do you take the word and you run with it and you become successful? Are you overcoming the enemy? It's not a matter of just, am I overcoming? But the question is this, are you overcoming? Are you living an overcoming life? Because if I'm the only one overcoming in this church, then I'm failing. Does, it, does that make sense to you? If I'm the only one that's being blessed, then I'm failing. If I'm the only one that's having miracles, then I'm failing. I don't succeed as a pastor until the people within this church are blessed, until you're walking in the fullness of God, till you're seeing everything that God's promised happen in your life. Let me tell you how success is measured in my life. Success is not measured so much just by how many people come through the doors. Success in my life is determined by, are your kids serving God today? Is your prodigal coming home? Is there promotion on your, are you following what I'm saying? That's what measures success. And the people that measure success by the accolades of man are those that are going to end up not with well-done, good, and faithful servant. Because I'll tell you this much. If you're just trying to please man, you'll ultimately end up displeasing God. It can never be our goal. I don't know where this is coming from, but we all need to hear it. Our goal can never be to get the applause of man and the accolades of man. Our desire must always be to please the heart of God and it must always be to see that others are blessed even more so than us. Let me tell you what rewards me and makes my heart glad whenever I see businesses within this church and I see God prospering businesses. Let me tell you what, that's a reward. When I see people, you know, like Christina and, uh, and uh, Chris, God blessing them on their business and God giving them raises, got a number of times where they've come in and given me testimonies of how God has caused raises to come to them. Let me tell you what, that makes me want to shout. Okay, that makes me want to shout. 
There's things that God does in my life, and I go, thank you, Lord, hallelujah. But whenever I hear of God doing something like when I heard of the miracle happening in Doc's life, I'm telling you what, that makes me want to jump up. It makes me want to, woo, hallelujah. Amen. Now, to, to please hear, that's the way that we need to be in the prophetic ministry. So me functioning is not the goal. Is that making sense? Me functioning is not the goal. It's the person I'm ministering to being edified. That's the goal. Them being blessed, that's the goal. Amen? Are y'all getting anything out of this? Y'all soaking it in tonight, aren't you? So all prophetic utterances that they're going to reflect the nature of Jesus. And I fell at his feet to worship him, Revelation 19.10. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Notice, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I'll say it again. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the voice of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is prophecy and manifestation. Are you following what I'm saying? So prophecy is always going to be the testimony of Jesus. It is going to reflect what Jesus has done and did and is now doing, okay? And what he's continuing to do. Prophecy will not contradict anything that Jesus has ever said. It will not contradict anything that he did. It will only reinforce and confirm everything that Jesus said and everything that he did. That means this. Please write this down. Prophecy is redemptive in nature. Prophetic ministry does not come over somebody to reveal all of their sin. How many of you are thankful for that? Aren't you glad? Well, there's so many different places I could go with that. I can remember one of the first times I received prophetic ministry. I was praying before I, I was, you know, I was standing there and I was praying, Lord, if there's any sin, you know, Lord, if I don't want it. Because, because the idea was prophets come to kind of reveal sin, right? So, and our thought process, did anybody else ever think that the, prophet, the prophet's going to reveal? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's us in Pentecostal backgrounds because we were, we had a real strong sin consciousness, right? I mean, everything was a sin, Okay. Breathing had to be done in church to be sanctified, <laughs> right? I mean, just about everything we did was a sin. Well, you don't understand what I mean. Anything you did outside the church, you know, you, you couldn't go to the movie, couldn't, I mean, couldn't go to the beach, do that mixed bathing. I never took any soap to the beach when I went. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things that you couldn't do. You know, everything was a sin. And uh, so... We were, we were really ingrained with sin consciousness. Matter of most of the preaching that we heard on Sunday morning, if you, did, if, if you didn't feel convicted <laughs> when you came in, you were going to feel convicted before you got out. You could be living righteous all during the week, but you were a dirty dog sinner before you left out that door, right? And what I mean by that, you knew that I got to go repent. I mean, I came to the altar every week. My conscience was so, you know, I had a very tender conscience. And I mean, the preacher preached 10 minutes in the message. Oh, I got to go get saved again. And I, I don't know. I must have got saved a thousand times. I don't know. But, uh, and some of you don't know what we're talking about. But if you're raised in Pentecost, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, we got saved all the time. We'd come to the altar and there'd be tears and snot and everything else all over the altar. I am not exaggerating. I, is a tr am I telling the truth? That's right. You know, there'd be all kind of, you. <laughs> anyway, let's move on past that. Uh, but uh, Jonathan, you know what I'm talking about. 
And so, and Steve does too, but you know, we, we had such as this sin consciousness. So we thought prophets, that's what they're going to do. Because we, our whole idea of Jesus, Jesus just wants to show you your sin so you can get it, repent and get it right. You know, that was our idea. But I want everybody to understand this. Prophecy is redemptive. It's not condemning, it's redemptive. So the purpose of the prophetic ministry is to bring you to Jesus, not tell you everything you've ever done wrong. Aren't you glad of that? I am. All right. And, I, and uh, well, anyway, the, the reality is we have to be, uh, have this understanding that the whole purpose of prophecy is to bring people to Jesus, to show them his love, to show them his nature. It is not in order to alienate them or make them feel bad about themselves. Prophecy is not intended to judge others for what Jesus was already judged for. Jesus received the judgment for sin. Prophecy will speak of that, right? How many know Jesus took your judgment already? Now, you've got to receive it and walk in it, but he's already took the judgment. Prophecy is not for the purpose of revealing your sin and then declaring judgment upon you for it. You know, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people that over the last several years, I saw them do that and prophesied negative things over people and God was going to do this and that and this other thing to them. And I was thinking the whole time, man, that's just, that's just not the word of the Lord. It's not what God is saying. All prophetic ministry will be in agreement with the heart of God. The heart of God is this, salvation, healing, deliverance, and restoration. That is God's heart. How many believe that's God's heart for everybody? How many believe that's God's heart for the sinner? God's heart for the sinner is, is, is salvation. God's heart for the sinner is healing. God's heart for the sinner is deliverance. He wants to set them free. He wants to liberate them. Amen? He's not wanting, you know, to judge them for what they're doing. He's wanting to bring them to him and change their lives. Amen? Would you stand to your feet tonight? How many of you got anything out of this? Amen. This is just kind of a prep tonight for some of the, the team training that we're going to have. It's something that we need to hear Every so often, I did a series on the prophetic about a year and a half ago. And so, I, but I, I wanted to go back and just revisit it since we're doing this on, on, uh, on Sunday night and just share some things about the prophetic. We are a prophetic church, okay? We're not only just prophetic, but we are a prophetic church. We embrace the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that they are to be in operation. We believe that God has placed those uh, gifts within the church and it is his desire and it is his design for them to be in manifestation and to be in operation. Can you lift your hands to the Lord tonight? And I want you just to pray this with me right now. Listen, I believe that the Lord wants to use all of us. And I want you to say this, Lord, use me to be a blessing to others around me. Let your voice be released through my life. Let your voice be declared through my life. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.